the pink is still on. We're still in Barbie land. And as we promised, there's more to talk about. Although I, I'm, I'm already getting the, the feel that this week is going to be a little more Kenny <laughs> than last week was. And possibly more somber. I've spent a lot of time now looking at what other people have been talking about around the movie and thinking again. And oh, yes, I went to see it again, <laughs> which was fun on a Saturday matinee and had a somewhat different audience from when I went with my husband on a Sunday evening. So let's go back to Barbie land. Welcome to the Mosaic Arc. The chat is telling me that I'm pretty in pink. Mm. What do you think? Beautiful. <laughs> this is, we're just in, uh, it's like, I, we, I think we may, we, do we just make this entire season about Barbie so I can wear pink the whole time? <laughs> then we just call it the Barbie season. <laughs> the Barbie season. I think we should go the whole year on Barbie. Yes. I did find out um, that the pink that is in it. Oh, now I've been reading conflicting reports and saying that the pink that they used to paint all the sets was pink 29219 apparently in paint terms um but the cinematographer who's uh i should say this rodrigo prieto i hope that's right i i should know how to pronounce spanish kind of like but way better than my french right <laughs> yeah. um, that he's he's the cinematographer and insisted on their using something that's called Mexican pink or it's it's also known as Mexican rose this instantaneously explains to me why I loved Barbie so much I love that pink because it's everywhere in the southwest and particularly in Santa mm -hmm. Fe which is as maybe you all have heard I sometimes go there um my my jewelry should be the giveaway right <laughs> so I think I I just felt at home in Barbie land I just I just want to go back to the pink <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, a, it's the the Spanish vibe of the film in the background everywhere, isn't it? There's a lot of, oh, there's a lot it's, of Spanish vibe. Okay, so I did yeah. read up on Prieto. So he's, um, among other things, he's from L.A. A lot of these, um, they're in L.A. They they make movies in L.A. Although all the, this filming they did not in on location, they were in England. So <laughs> you're confused. Um, that... He his family had to flee from Mexico for being communist, I think. 
Anyway, mm -hmm. but he's actually worked a lot with Scorsese. And, and, and we do know, we do know that despite Scorsese having a gazillion wives, I looked it up, I didn't count, but there are a gazillion of them, considers himself Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> so there's 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 some there's some mixed messages going on there and in, in the sort of mexican catholicism right but so the cinematographer is mexican um the woman who plays gloria whose first name confusingly enough is america nice. <laughs> america Ferrara, um is from honduras i believe uh, you mm -hmm. know, that she, that, I mean, they all live in, they all live in LA and have this very, therefore, as I know it, I, I think LA is not the Southwest. LA is LA. California is not New Mexico. There are mm. very different regions of Hispanic settlement and, and history, but that feel of the, the, the Southwest and the sort of hints of what could possibly be our lady <laughs> hiding in all of that mm -hmm. imagery i i'm i'm curious about that i'd like to i'd like us to go a little bit deeper this time i mean last time we were having a lot of fun last time and there there was you know a lot of good barbie yeah. stuff in there but there were things that we didn't touch on both about ken and about the sort of deep back feel of what's going on in the story so we're going to go there this time I, I wasn't sure whether I wear pink for this because it feels like we're back to normal. We're, we're going to do the hard dive into the into the deep structures of, of of everything here. Okay. Yeah. No, we can do that in pink though. Can we? Yeah, you look. Fat. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> so I went to see it again. Did you see it again? I did. Mm. I did. Okay. I had to because uh, there's a scene in the film where Barbie and Ken are both yelling over the top of each other and they say something different and you can't really hear it unless you filter out one of the other's voice. Mm. So I realized that in the first viewing, I'd actually filtered Ken out to follow Barbie because you can't listen to two different things at the same time. So in this, in the viewing that I just did, I was deliberately ignoring Barbie and I only focused on Ken and it kind of shifted the entire narrative it was very very interesting how they set that up in that little scene yeah. which, which scene is it where they're uh she's looking for the the girl who's playing with her and she's just had her vision you know she's kind of doing her shining with the girl that's playing with her and she sat down next to the old woman right. ken's just run off and discovered the patriarchy so he runs back to barbie and they both shout over the top of each other she says something like i know who's playing with me or you know i i, I found I, like i know where to go mm -hmm. he yells really loudly men rule the, men world. Rule the world yeah men rule the world yeah yeah so Which I, I just said over Barbie you so there's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um yeah so i saw it yeah and I, I i focused on ken this time so okay so you were you were listening to the different track does it feel like a different movie now yeah yeah it does yeah okay which makes me like the film even more oh, okay because as we said last week it's a rorschach test then i also feel like we had a completely diverging story line if you ignored one or the other in that moment and decided who was the protagonist from that point because at that point it's either barbie who's protagonist or it's ken right which is kind of interesting because it was like this is what little kids would do if they were playing with each other and you've got the 
the girl playing the doll and then she's deciding who's going to be the lead character in the playtime so yeah it was just it was it was cool it's like a little secret layer there that i thought made it really uh made it really fun you get you get choices who do you want to follow <laughs> you're gonna follow barbie you're gonna follow ken yeah this yeah. is this is a, so this i've i've seen this floating around and it showed up um in milo's channel again today and so i'm, I'm assuming this is kind of true um lego mm -hmm. did a study when they created the lego friends line for girls which has pink in it if i remember correctly there's no pink there's no pink lego in my in my home <laughs> there's a lot of lego there's no mexican mexican lego there's no mexican lego in mine. okay um where they discovered that when a boy plays with the toy of a character he tries to become the character and when a girl does the same thing she tries to make the character become her yeah. So if you give a boy a Batman toy, he's going to want to know everything there is to know about Batman. And he'll try to think and mm -hmm. talk like Batman when he plays with the toy. The little girl, on the other hand, is going to make Batman go shopping, bake cookies, and go to the prom. Or be Ken. <laughs> uh, that's not to say there aren't exceptions on both sides, but that's the data that allowed Lego to finally get a foothold on the girls' market after decades of failed attempts. Which is sort of interesting, right? You say, well, wait, why does, mm -hmm. you know, it, we're always trying to say that the girls are going to play with the toys in the same way as the boys. And if you give the girls trucks, then they should be just happy becoming construction workers, as in the Barbie movie. Um, and mm -hmm. if you give do it, do if you give boys dolls, they'll want to go shopping i guess and saying that lego couldn't get girls to buy or want to their parents to buy for them the toys unless they adapted them to the kinds of play that girls actually default to mm -hmm. and he said that's, that's fascinating if you look at how women approach things like star wars or remakes of animated movie is it any wonder that so many of them want to reinvent the ip either by feminizing it or by changing the main character to look like them uh -huh. mm -hmm. that's really interesting so that film i think that's the point where they've given the option there for the audience to make that decision are you going to play like a girl or are you going to play like a boy right. and they yell it over the top of each other depending on which one you're filtering out then you're going to go and play play with your barbie or you're going to go and play like a, a boy is going to play with these toys so I purposefully ignored Barbie in my second viewing. I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna follow Ken. Let's see, let's see what this entire world looks like from Ken's perspective. And the the film looked very different. So it was masterfully done the way that they allowed that. Even I'm I'm assuming it's done deliberately, but even if it wasn't, it uh, I mean, it was very very well done. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I, when I first saw the movie, I had been at least alerted to the movie and I mentioned some of the other, I, I mentioned some of the pre-responses that I had before I went. Now that we've, now that I've seen it and now that we talked about it one time, I went back and now I've watched a lot of the, the um, promotion tour stuff that the, the cast and the um, crew did or the director. And mm -hmm. I'm wondering whether... Like, so I, I'm absolutely with you on the Rorschach test level of it because I, and I think the thing is, I think with art, it's certainly possible to see things in it that the quote, you know, creators don't intend 
obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I'm, you know, sort of having watched things like, I don't know, the entertainment weekly news. I don't, I don't, I, the videos are out there, right? I, I, I did, I spent a lot of YouTube time this morning and hearing the director and the cast talk about what they thought the movie was about tends to confirm the things that Paul Joseph Watson and others were saying. Ben Shapiro actually has a, a, a blistering um, <laughs> expletive mm. field description of what he thought was going on in it. Uh, that if you listen simply to what the promotional, the cast saying they thought the movie was about, it does fit with the sort of cardboard version that Paul was worried mm-hmm. about, that it's, you know, this feminist movie and it's all girl power and, and such. And, um, so now I feel sad because I'm not sure whether I was, you know, wanting Gerwig to have been more layered <laughs> than mm. she actually is. I don't know. I mean, it's like are, are we can we can go we can sort of surf through what we think about the movie. But now I'm like nervous because last week I was very it's like oh go Gerwig she you know you did this really clever thing and now I'm not sure. Yes. Um. I wonder whether or not the cast are not trolling everybody to go and see the film by telling them that it's feminist. <laughs> I'm certain Gosling is. I'm I mean, absolutely certain Gosling is. Yeah. Looking, yeah, looking at yeah. some of his interviews, <laughs> he's got this. There's one one of the videos that we we I'd actually had I watched it before I went. Anyway, he's on GQ and he's talking about the kit that Ken has, like all this stuff, and he's doing this absolutely mm-hmm. deadpan to the camera. You know, you need you need two pairs of sun specs, one that Barbie might want to wear so that you can hide your eyes when you're sad because you don't want to ever bum Barbie out. Mm-hmm. And then the second pair yes. so that they're mirrored so that, you know, Barbie can fix her lipstick in them or, or something like that. You always have to be there for your Barbie. And he's a strong enough actor that you can tell he's also winking at you without winking at you. Mm-hmm. At least I sure hope he is. I also watched La La Land this weekend so that I have some more like Gosling in my, my memory repertoire to, to draw on. Mm-hmm. And he's a great actor. I understand now certain of our, mm-hmm. our team's enthusiasm for him. Hi Mel. <laughs> I, I hadn't, I hadn't seen him in anything else. And so, you know, watching him in La La Land, he's, he's a brilliant performer and I can see mm-hmm. that he's in these interviews definitely doing some trolling there, but I'm I'm not yet convinced about the rest of the cast because they, they seem so one, they seem to be fitting the girls worry about well, this is this is what the Lego thing confuses me. So girls yes. see themselves they want to see themselves in the toys and allegedly the premise of the Barbies being if you can't see yourself in a Barbie, you're being oppressed by the patriarchy because impossible ideals to fulfill. Mm-hmm. Where's the old lady Barbie? That's what I want to know, right? When do I get to play? There's, you know, there's there's fat Barbies and oh, there's twig Barbies. So they're thin Barbies and there's, you know, white Barbies and the black Barbies and there's mm-hmm. professional Barbies. And, you know, there's the perpetual joke about Midge being pregnant. So maybe there's pregnant Barbies again. And you know, Gloria's whole speech at the end to... CEO guy is we want we want the dolls to be something we could actually achieve but you know how does that mean Batman goes shopping I now I'm I'm all twisted around in my my sense of what exactly it's like I I think our previous our version of things of it's a Rorschach test still absolutely holds 
but mm-hmm. I'm wondering, like, I, I don't know where to put the artistic intentionality quite now in the actors in the writing in the, in the accidents of what makes strong stories. Cause they did write a strong story. I think people mm-hmm. are responding to yeah. it. Although not everybody liked it. Like, I think I also watched Andrew Clavin talking about Ben Shapiro's version and, and they both think it was boring and predictable. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're seeing everything, but that's, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, this this Lego thing that you've pulled from Milo's chat, it's interesting because does that ever really go away? Does that distinction between the way the boys and girls play ever disappear? Mm. Because if it doesn't, that would explain why the actors and the actresses are going to be promoting this film in a completely different way also. Isn't it? Yes. I mean, uh, if we're not uh, innately gender fluid in this uh, blank slate way, where we can just be handed toys and then Here, let's uh, let me get them. some toys for us to look at. Here we go. Here's here's yeah. the toys. Now we have we have our own doll. We have the dolls now. Ken Ken doll in his in his um, jean suit and uh, Barbie in her LA pink costume. Okay. Now we're going to play with these dolls, make them do things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have, okay, and that's that's the one planned slide I have because the rest of them are just going to go as we're talking. I, I, I figured we, we needed to go more with the flow for Ken rather than me trying to control everything in, in, in female fashion to try to have everything scripted out perfectly. Playing like the boys today. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I can do it. I was very nervous about this. It's like I I realized. So I watched of, of the variety of things that I watched. One, I watched the, yeah, the, I think it was Entertainment Weekly or I don't know what it was. Anyway, they have things like the costume designer and the set designers talking about how much detail and perfection and, and, and precision they put into everything, including, oh, this I thought was really fun, that the the houses and the cars and, and things like that are all 23%, 23% too small. So mm. the doll, you know, the peop, the human beings in them as set look like they're in doll world because the, this always bothered me as, as you know, the houses and the cars and stuff. You can't ever fit the doll inside. It's like, why can't they make them the right <laughs> size for the doll? Anyway, they, they reduce. The, so there's gorgeous, gorgeous detail in obviously the choice of the colors, the design of the sets, the, mm-hmm. the, the um, uh, costume accessory kits that they're modeling their different um, outfits on and such and that's me right that 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 is me in doll world it's it's i you know i do make plots and things for them but i mainly spend time arranging make Mm. the set right did you notice how much effort i put into our streaming set maybe (laughs) (laughs) it may have caught my attention we practiced a lot just so the set would be right right that's like i really appreciate the attention to detail in the set Sting, Our Lady. Yes. Cards. <laughs> yeah. You all um, think I don't pay attention to it? I pay. No, yeah. of course you know I pay to it. So anyway, let's yes. let's stop letting me do this. The, the, no. The, okay, fine. Now we've got Ken. Ken doing his good. Ken bad. Ken. Ken twenty. Um, go back to what you were saying about if 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 what the Lego people found was true in their research. 
and what you experienced in in this moment of crossover in the story it's like are you going to consider barbie mm-hmm. to be the lead character are you going to consider ken to be the lead character whose story is it and mm-hmm. underneath all of that they're human beings playing the characters so gosling is going to play at being the ken in a different way from bar from margot robbie playing at being barbie yes well, it's similar to the way that people are gaming on the internet as well. Um, so if we take that Lego example and and say, okay, so boys are going to play in a boyish way and just make that <laughs> bold statement. <laughs> the sexes are actually different. Um, then is there a moment where that switches off or does it develop and mature into something else completely, which is uh, part of the way that men approach work and uh and play in their adult life as well if girls are only able to interact with these characters by making the characters themselves what happens then when girls are maturing and going to play as women and work as women etc that would make perfect sense to me that this uh this film would then be the toy that is played with differently by the male uh, and female actors and the people that created it, you know? So it's like the, it, it, this particular piece of art is a toy for, for everybody to play with and, and they would be doing that completely differently. So that makes perfect sense to me. Uh, it's like uh, the experience that we've had when we've been playing on the internet and I, uh, you know, I, I was doing what I was doing and pretending not to be a woman. <laughs> But when when I was doing that, I was getting scolded by women on the internet who were telling me to play nice, not be rough. And in my mind, all I was doing was playing like the boys. So it's kind of it opened up this like that that situation opened up this uh, this conversation of uh, okay, so men and women are going to be in this environment completely differently obviously but that makes sense to me that they're going to be in every environment differently and including the perception of the movie that they're in you know (laughs) it's going to look different so yeah uh i decided to follow the ken track uh do some more gender bending and abandon the barbie headspace and follow ken throughout the the film so that i could watch what it was like uh in ken in kendom uh, and it was really, really interesting because the the movie does look very different, and I think that's kind of why I uh, that's why I would say I can see the failure in the film now because looking at it from the feminine, looking at it from the Barbie, mm. it was a win because everything we said last week was was fr- it was a barbie is a barbie it, well so i have yeah. i mean there there's some okay why what, do we still think it's a win from the barbie side uh no no i don't okay let's let can we think about that just a not little a bit not a full one it got so close yeah. it almost it, it almost kissed the glory it was chasing <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like playing kiss chasey as kids and you're like oh it's so close and you know again this happens to ken right it's just almost right. there and nothing so that was the film it was almost there there was yes and i i i'd say i mean the first time through you can be delighted and surprised that they say certain things at all 
and then and yes. then the second time through recognize <gasps> um how Sorry. they they could have said more but i'm i'm even wondering about the, the thing that we said that worked best last week that we we said last week that worked best was when gloria is saying you know maybe the the dolls can just be moms and mm -hmm. and that of course yes. being enormous for the generation that grew up being told you know I mean, this this is what I find ironic about the whole it's massive for millennials. It's a massive deal for yeah. millennials. Yeah, and 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 that that I do I and... do I do believe that. I hope that's true. I mean, from my perspective, it's like wow, like how could, as I've said many times, I, you know, a professional woman in my lineage, going back generations. So, the the sort of problem of career versus motherhood is not the same. It's not configured the same for me as it is for your generation, but. I'm all I've you know, been constantly bothered by the whole claim of, um, well, I mean, this is what the the irony of the, the the show is. We need to show women being astronauts and presidents and stuff because otherwise women will be depressed. Oh, but no, if you show them being astronauts and presidents and beautiful and fashionable and mermaids and all of these things, they'll be depressed because they can't be mermaids. And I'm like, okay, so it's going to be depressed. Maybe you're just going to be depressed, ladies. It's like, who's, and, and always, you know, the, always the problem of who's doing this to you, which is in fact something I, we didn't talk about so much last week, but that I did want to bring up this week. It's like, there is no patriarchy except the patriarchy of Mattel that's giving you these models that you now feel oppressed by. And, and it's like, but wait, who gave you yes. those models? Oh, wait, Ruth Handler, because she was in charge of the company. And and yes. so the, the 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 you know the fundamental problem of feminism being, and this is it's it's scripted into the movie as when Ruth says to Barbie, you know, mothers stand still so their daughters can look back and see how far they've gone. It's like yeah. So what you're basically telling us this is a movie fundamentally about mothers and daughters. We do get that now. And then there the uh, some other layers in it of mothers and daughters are. Um, one of the reviewers I, I watched today pointed out that Weird Barbie, the, the girl pl who's playing with Weird Barbie is in fact Gloria when she's a girl. So mm. you, say, you can say Gloria is the mother of both Weird Barbie and of the designer Barbie that she wants to be making because she wants to be a designer for Mattel. So Gloria is like the mother of everybody in the story in, 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 in an interesting way. Mm -hmm. um, Ruth is mother of the actual Barbie, Barbara Handler, and therefore the mother of the doll in, in some other ways. And the entire thing is therefore this generational problem of the mothers and daughters and the daughters hating what the mothers are. And you're like, wait, no, okay. This has nothing to do with patriarchy. <laughs> blaming, blaming your feeling confused on patriarchy which we we need to get to right it's like what ken has actually found um is yes. the fundamental crisis of feminism which is it's the women doing it to each other or themselves mm -hmm. ladies well in the comments please <laughs> um I mean, for us, it's difficult to say there's no patriarchy because, of course, we have this word used in a religious sense. So I think this is where it, and this is me spurging and it bugging mm. me. But when, uh, whenever it, that 
word is used, it's used in the context of feminists who are saying they need to smash the patriarchy. Right. Uh, not understanding what it actually is. Um, okay, so the film is the relationship dynamics of women. Right. And I think where uh, I saw the the character arc of Ken is they'd done something to him which was essentially a kind of girls playing with Lego thing mm -hmm. that Ken was boxed by the end of the film. He was put in a box. My dog my dog is doing this. Blame the dog. He's agreeing. Yes, my, my boy dog. So Ghazi <laughs> actually to... says that in the GQ skit, right? He's saying, and here's Ken in a box, which is where they want to put me. He, no, yep. Gosling got yep. it. Definitely. Yeah. He gets it. Yeah, yeah. yeah he gets it. Um, the, the interesting thing about that Ken character is that he never becomes sentient of the power dynamics of the matriarchy that the Kens are mm. living in. They see it as a, uh, <laughs> he sees it as the oppression of all women, uh, of the men around, uh, around them, because in Barbie land, the women are in charge of everything. Because they're, because they're, uh, their experiences are split Okay, here's the other thing where where there was a split in the in the in the story. Barbie and Ken are at the high school looking for the for the girl who's playing with Barbie. Uh, Ryan Gosling's Ken has just raided the library for all of these books on masculine things, you know, horse riding and trucks. <laughs> so he's got his big stack of books. Mattel come and get Barbie, and they pull her into black uh, black cars uh, with uh, tinted windows. So she's essentially being kidnapped. He lets her go. I find this really interesting that everybody said the the Ken character in this movie is a hero because he goes back to Barbie land to emancipate the Kens and to bring them patriarchy and everything. Well, my second watch of this film, that really stood out to me. He was willing to stow away with her uh, with his rollerblades. <laughs> But she got kidnapped by Mattel and he didn't follow her. He left and he went back to Barbie land. Right. So there was a kind of insight here into what they were actually saying about Ken's, this idea of patriarchy and also men when they're attempting to set up uh, what they think is a patriarchal situation without any of the responsibility of being patriarchs. And this was like something that stood out, this particular scene. He's... He said to the woman, oh, she'll be fine. And then he said, I'm going back to, to Barbie land to tell the Kens about what I've discovered. Right. So the whole movie then becomes a joke at the expense of uh, men who are thinking that they're going to achieve masculinity independent of their stewardship of the Barbies. And it becomes this really kind of... Um, Over the top, uh, an over the top uh, 
mockery of what uh, what male leadership is. Because when they set up the kingdom, it becomes uh, slavery for the women. So, is this making sense? Yes. Mm. He still hasn't achieved what he actually wanted, which was patriarchy. They've kind of undermined the whole thing by putting him back in there without Barbie. He never gets it. Well, so what I what I've real you know what I ended ended up thinking is both feminism and patriarchy are fantasies, and that's I mean I don't the thing is I don't think Gerwig means to show that, <laughs> and mm. I, the 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 problem with okay so back up to the entire existence of Barbie Land, the way it's created in the story in the movie although it's not true in real life that it was made by men it was like it was made by mm -hmm. Ruth Handler and her you know seeing her daughter play with paper dolls and finding this men's novelty item and then turning it into a girl's doll and then like Ruth Handler she's she's at the head of all of this these design decisions throughout the the, the 60s when they're creating the the sort of you know, premise of the Barbie, but in the, the movie itself, I'm, I'm too distracted now by wondering what my dog was talking about. <laughs> in, in, in the movie itself, Mattel is run by men, right? So, you yes. know, that, that Ken finds out when he goes to, you know, the real world, which is its own kind of fantasy world, that the world, the world is ruled by men and Mattel is run by men, which directly means the men who run Mattel have been taking care of the Barbies. I mean, this is it's like there's yes. the, the sort of Ken goes back and he gets yes. to be a toy version of what women claim men are like when they're being men. Right. It's like the frat boy party and such. And of mm -hmm. course, people are criticizing Clavin and companies like they're all. Yeah. Clavin was saying, you know, Ken goes back and he plays. He, he's 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 dressed or sorry I've, I've mixed up all the people that i've heard, heard listened to today he's peacocking right he's got his he's oh he's yeah, his, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah bad yeah. guy headband and he's got his great you know mink coat and he's you know taken over barbie's house and filled it up with horse stuff which we were real fine with um and and so it's all a fantasy version of what quote ruling the world looks like but the reality of it is is that mattel who's all men does rule Barbie land because they're the one making all the marketing decisions. Yes. So it's yes. like the, the, I, you know, I don't know how clever Gerwig actually is. She set it up to under show, to undermine the, that the, the Barbies have to undermine the Ken patriarchy in order to restore things back to the way they were under Mattel's dis patriarchy. The Barbies are never mm -hmm. outside of patriarchy in the comic, in the cartoon version of, sexual relations that the story sets up mm. so their entire yes so their entire setup as the rulers of barbie land is a decision that's made by the male board of mattel right which we're supposed to as viewers say oh isn't this terrible these men are making all the decisions for the company and it's like yes and the decisions they made was to create barbie land where you have president barbie 
So the men made it. Yes. Right. <laughs> it's like the men yes. made Barbie land in the version of the story. And then, and they have Ruth Handler there in the kitchen pretending to, you know, sort of have the spirit over the company for them. But as the story's written, the men are actually in charge of making sure the women get to live in their pink world. So ironically, they've done mm -hmm. exactly what men in the real quote patriarchy are supposed to do, which is give the women homes. Look, there's their dream houses. Mm -hmm. And yep. some, you know, boys to play with. It's <laughs> it's like to, the, the the I think you know, in insofar as the irony of the movie is in multiple layers, the deeper irony of the movie is mm -hmm. that the men have actually set it all up so the women can have their party. So why is Ken not happy with this? <laughs> Well, it's, it's like, I, it, at some point, I'm not sure where we're landing in deciding who's doing what with this story, right? And I could say, you know, we mm -hmm. could just come up with saying, Gerwig's fundamentally confused, and this will be, <laughs> sorry, I was like, wait, we're, we're undoing, we're, un we we're undoing what we did last week, saying, oh, she's a genius. No, she's fundamentally mixed up um, in, in the same way that women have been in all of this careerism and saying, you know, I, we want to, to consider it. It's like, um, I, I mentioned the Mexican pink of the cinematographer. Clearly Gerwig is supported by lots of men to be able to make this movie, including someone who is apparently her co-writer and partner, but not her husband. Right. Mm -hmm. Noah. Um, what's his name? Baumbach. Baumbach. Right. Um, that she is, I, I think the one of the, the clever, um, I did write this down because I wanted to make sure I remembered who he was, except for I can't find it in my notes. Here we go. Um, there's a video by the new rock stars with Eric Voss breaking down things. And he, he goes through very nicely in certain details. And there's one really great insight that I, I want to share with you that he had. But one of the things he's noticing in the script, which Gerwig obviously wrote, and the, and the actors talk a lot about how she insisted they say exactly what she wrote. So no ad-libbing. That what Barbie says at the end is she wants to be the one who makes, I, I am ad-libbing this because I don't remember exact words, but she wants to be the one who makes the meaning rather than the one who is made meaning with. And, and mm -hmm. Voss um, points out, well, this is Gerwig herself because she has been an actress in various other productions, including in one thing that people keep comparing the look of all of this to is Wes Anderson. And, and Gerwig was yes. actually one of the characters in Isle of Dogs, which I have seen. It's an odd movie. <laughs> I think I fell asleep because it was like, it was so sleepy and mystical and, and, mm -hmm. and kind of slow and, and stuff like that. But that, so she's, you know, she's got a, Gerwig herself's got a lot of backing and all of this. And she's got this great cinematographer helping her who's worked with Scorsese and stuff, but she wants to be the one making the meaning. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think Hollywood mainly makes movies about itself always which is what La La Land yes. is, which is about, you know, we want to be the artists who give meaning and story and, you know, the, the weepy uh, exposition moment in that one is when the actress is ad-libbing to the effect of why art matters. Okay, good. <laughs> I get it, right? I, I want to do that for academia sometimes. Um, but insofar as our earlier premise about girls playing with the toys... Gerwin made everybody in that cast her. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. Including the boys? Okay, so now we just have to go deep and, and depressing. Um, I, I did, the thing is, I, I tried watching it the same way I did the first time because I just wanted to enjoy Ken's story. And there are moments that she gives Ken which are incredibly strong and poignant from at watching in the simp with sympathy with men from my perspective right mm -hmm. that um ken is and gosling has sort of skitted this in his in his interviews about the about the production um ken is devoted to barbie he's happy only when she notices him he he's so attentive to his barbie right and that's the way Gosling describes the character at Ken and, and his Barbie. He needs to be attentive to her. So, you know, she likes rollerblading. So he has to have his rollerblades so that when she goes to California, he can, you know, support her. So, I mean, you're saying that he watches her get picked up by Mattel and doesn't do anything. But until that point, he has been doing everything for her. Right? You know, it's he, mm -hmm. he's trying yes. to match her desires. Yes. And be the perfect the perfect boyfriend, right? And 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 cartoonishly, the one that indeed women always seem to project that they they want, right? It's like oh, I want you know if you. I haven't. I obviously haven't been dating in a very long time. I've been married for decades, <laughs> guys. I've been married for longer than a lot of you have been alive. So yes, I'm old enough to be your mom, um, but the way women describe how they want the perfect man, he is that, right? He's, he's perfectly attentive to her. He had, you know, he has his rollerblades cause she likes going rollerblading and, you know, he's going to have his double sunglasses so he can take care of her and be ready to, you know, assist him and be chivalrous to her. Um, I've lost the thread anyway. So when he goes back and he's going to have, you know, the, the patriarchy and, and men rule the world and, the, even then he's still looking for her approval always right that's why that's why gosling's yes. ken is quite is so poignant because even when he's taken over their house and she's like trying to throw him out and he's like i always hoped that would be our house which mm -hmm. i can weep up about that right um you know mm -hmm. that he he was wanting to be with her in a in a realistic it seemed to me in a realistic relationship and she's behaving like stereotypical women do like in sex in the city, right? My home, my apartment, my space, my life. There's no room yes. for you, man, except for as my accessory. Yeah. Well, I mean, the dynamic of this is interesting because, uh, they're in the fantasy land of the people that are playing with them. So it's not them. Right. So this is, this is, again, this is the millennial dynamic. Because Gloria is playing with Barbie. So Gloria is ignoring Ken. This is Gloria. Who made weird Barbie. Yeah. Who's on screen right now. There we yeah. go. Now we have Alan, but we had weird Barbie for yeah. a second there. Yeah. Gloria is making yeah. all of this. Mm -hmm. This is glory. No. And this is, I think Andrew Clavin points this out to a certain extent. It's like, this is entirely glorious fantasy world. She wants to be, you know, higher up in Mattel. She wants to have, well, and so this is, this is, I find the, the, the peculiar horror of all of this, the, the, the man who plays her husband in the movie 
is America Ferrara's husband. So I mm. rather think he might speak Spanish better than he's pretending to in the movie. Um, but, mm. and, and this, this is, there's a, I had, I did have some thoughts about dad jokes, which is what he turns into, right? He's, he's, he's the, the, the Anglo husband of the, you know, feisty Latina in the movie. And, and he is so in real life as well. And he's a joke in the movie. Gloria's husband in the, in the movie is an utter joke because he can't speak Spanish and the daughter has to correct him and he's dumb and he uses, you know, political slogans instead of, that's cultural appropriation, dad. I mean, it's like, at that point, yeah, you are mad. And this does feel yeah, yeah, yeah. feminist, even as they're taking her to the gynecologist. Yes, yes. Well, it depends. Again, it depends on whether or not you're approaching it as the, the the Barbie track or the Ken mm. track. The Barbie track is her working out her own issues with the matriarchy that she's in. But on the Ken track, she can't work it out. And this is an interesting thing because it's the Lego problem. Women can't work out the Ken track. So when she's playing with Ken when when ken is in this situation that she's crafted he's doing everything perfectly because that's her uh that's her her ideal sure but she can't actually work out a patriarchy which is why everything looks so uh um stereotyped the boys get frat housey mm -hmm. She can't go into the depth of him coming, uh, having a having his own uh, entry into um, his manhood. He gets stuck in Barbie Land with his knuff, which I think is an interesting thing, and it's why it annoyed me. Uh, I still don't feel sorry for Ken in the sense that I don't want to feel sorry for people that are boxed. I like to say, okay, you've been boxed. Yes, what are you going to do about it? Right. But uh, it can seem very cold, but it's not. It's because uh, I think what has happened is the, the Gloria character that's been playing with Barbie and Ken has allowed Barbie to go off and have her self-realization experience. And then Ken is left behind with his T-shirt saying, I am Kenoff, because this is a kind of um, uh, millennial trend of her, how the sexes are interacting with mm -hmm. each other. Millennial women are mothering their own husbands and she um, responds to her husband like he's a child, like he's her child instead of that he's a husband. Right. So this is why I found the Kendom so unsatisfying uh, and why um, I think there's a trick in it in that it's empathizing with the frustration of young men that can't find, uh, can't find their... <laughs> their own, like, you know, their own uh, feeling of, of being respected. But ultimately what it's done is, is it's proposed Ken as uh, the ideal because he has an emotional catharsis and then shares a mink coat and suddenly he's Kenuff. There is no... A happy ending for Ken. That's not a happy ending for right. Ken. He stays in childhood in that outcome. Yeah, and that's why it felt really uh, unsatisfying. 
that the the women had set this entire story up with them both being separated um and it was sad because ken never gets what he wanted the whole time he says uh he wanted the house with barbie but uh he doesn't he doesn't realize it in the real world she just leaves him there right mm. but she leaves it she and leaves the, the him more... as a toy and she goes and yes. becomes a human so he's still a boy toy <laughs> yeah he is he's a boy toy but it also makes sense to me because in the in the in the kind of way that they work out the Ken character, you know, in the beginning, uh, he's just beach, mm -hmm. right? What do you do? Oh, I beach. He tries to go into the surf and he embarrasses himself, and he's like, okay, you know, it's really dangerous, whatever. The, but the running joke is the Kens are all stuck in this static role. Uh, again, going into the the Lego mindset of how girls and boys are playing with their toys and whatever, it's like. All of these Kens have very static roles. And they've been placed in their roles. Uh, but Ken never gets to <laughs> he never actually learns how to swim. Like when he's running when he's running around in the real world, you know, asking for a clicky pen because he wants to do an appendectomy and become a surgeon or whatever, and he goes to the beach and he asks if he can be a lifesaver and everything, and he's getting rejected he goes okay i can bring all of this back to barbie land this is where i thought the interesting thing was for men uh in that it is very sad what happens barbie leaves him whatever but it's an insight into female psychology mm -hmm. ken feels disrespected in in barbie land and he feels respected in the real world because people are asking him the time you know so he's, he ends up with three watches because he's like, ah, oh, if I have the watch, women will ask me the time. Oh, well, in, in the GQ thing, he has, he has three watches. One for the, like, being, like, looking busy and having important stuff, but he's, of course, kidding, so he doesn't. Yep. One pink, so it's for Barbie. Yep. And one that has the, shows the phases of the moon, so he knows when to, to go surfing. <laughs> That's a little inside joke for us, Drake, all chemicals writers, because, you know, we're worried mm -hmm. about the planets. We love our yeah. moon faces. <laughs> <laughs> but he he's never, not wrong about watches, though. Actually... Watches are an intense yeah. symbol of mechanistic efficiency and timekeeping and everything. Mm -hmm. It's like watches is, is a very good symbol to have chosen. For Do you have the time? Do you know the yes. structure of, you know, activities? Can you live with meaning? Mm -hmm. or industrial it depends on whether you're happy or depressed about that i thought but anyway <laughs> yeah well he never he never actually learns to do any of the things that he's seen in the real right. world they leave him they relegate him to the dollhouse he doesn't bring kens with him to the real world to learn how to do anything that he was impressed by so as sad as it is because it's a sad sad ending for ken he gets boxed as a toy boy and basically what i think the trick here is this is where it's like very very subtle for millennials is that the empathy for ken in that situation is like a temptation for millennial women to mother the kens in that moment 
you're going to do what Gloria does with her husband and say, oh, he'll be fine or like he's insignificant or, you know, whatever. He's just silly and he can't speak mm-hmm. Spanish. Her daughter disrespects her father because she says it's cultural appropriation. Yeah, that triggered me because I thought you married him. It's basically, you know, he, he should be able to say whatever you well, say. Well, America really but did it, marry him. Like and a- it's interesting that she's, okay. I mean, obviously she's okay with him being in that role because he's in the movie. Mm-hmm. But he's humiliated. But are they try? Are they trying to show what happens though? You know, because if they're both if they're both aware of this dynamic, it may be it, it would be a very interesting thing to be able to show to people with someone. You know, if if you if you have a husband who you really respect, you go, okay, how are we going to demonstrate what we're seeing here with all of these other couples we're surrounded by? You know, if you're if you uh, used to an environment where uh, you've got empowered. Uh, these empowered feminist women and the the way that they're interacting with their husbands. So how do we show this? All right, you know. But um, no, I think the temptation was to lump uh, a maternal pity on Ken at the end of that movie. It was it was the most dissatisfying part of that whole story arc for Ken, because he gets put back in the box. He gets told that he's enough. He has an emotional catharsis, and then nothing you're enough it's a lie (laughs) he wasn't he was not well you're right because he didn't have any skills i mean i did think i he had no skills showed that well the patriarch in the real world means having skills that's why he's so impressed by it that's why he has this wonderful joy because suddenly he's seeing men that can do things oh my god they can build Men ride horses. Men run businesses. Men tell women to shut up. Women are asking us the time. We know what's going on. I can be a doctor. You know, all this this incredible surge of like uh, masculine potential, that, and it gets squished because he doesn't go back into the real world to to realize it. He cries and puts on a t-shirt and says, "I'm Knuff," and then waves and saying, "Thank you, Barbie." He gets mothered back into a box of being a little yep. boy. He's not respectable. So this is why Barbie says I'm not in love with Ken. Other than it actually she being doesn't her brother. Him as and <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I know. Like, I mean, it's kind of good. Like in that, with that knowledge. You gotta go, yeah, I got more, I got more, you. I got more story on Ken Handler at, after, after oh, it's all okay. on Wikipedia, guys. No, but that that was my perception. Gloria put him in a box. Silly little boy. You can have your cry. Oh, it's okay. You're 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 all good. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna do the serious right. stuff. Horrible for Ken. Well, the the other thing that I thought was horrible in that scene where she, I mean, he's crying and saying that you know I lost interest in the patriarchy when it wasn't about horses. Okay, I mean that is something like a ten year old might say. I you know I want to and. So I've taught, I've also had some more conversations Mm -hmm. about this. And one of, um, one of the young men I talked to uh, about it saying, you know, the, the, the potential for an interesting story here was showing the way in which children are playing with dolls that are meant to help them meant to help them. I don't, I mean, these are not educational toys, they're dolls. Um, Mm -hmm. and people are always, you know, turning them into, you know, like training, like the the baby dolls yes. are training you to be a mom. No puppies. No puppies don't even train you to be a mom. We had some puppies in the video in the in the stills recently. Oh, here we've got we've gotten to the episode. Oh, the, the, the puppies. Kids. Yeah, well, yeah, that yeah. one I'll yeah. tell you about. That was an inter- one of these interesting like real life videos with 
Gosling and, and Robbie. Um, that Okay, so the young man I was talking to was saying it's interesting that they don't they don't show the way in which these are ch children playing with the toys and misunderstand you know, like what is it like for children trying to play be at being adult right which is in fact what yes. as you're saying it's like Gloria's playing with the yes. dolls but in fact it's still Gloria's the young girl playing with the dolls wishing she was still a young girl or that she had a connection with her own daughter so she's herself not grown up um yep. Yep. that i mean ken and his power ballad and and his saying you know i live for you interesting i'm hearing that in the way they're they're bad they're bad relations between sex on all sides in real life and one mm -hmm. is men do men are that romantic and women are that cruel flat out yes. we have we have another quotation yes. so we had the uh the lego quotation um, here we, we, here we now have a 19th century straight up Victorian perception of women and men, which Fox posted and you know, there's a trick in this. So here's, here's, here's mm -hmm. the speaker saying from the 19th century, in one sense, I do believe I am like a man as Parth says, but how in having sympathy, women crave for being loved not for loving. They scream out at you for sympathy all day long. They are incapable of giving any in return, for they cannot state a fact accurately to another, nor can that other woman attend to it accurately enough for it to become information. Now is, the, now is not all this the result of want of sympathy? I am sick with indignation at what wives and mothers will do of the most shocking selfishness, and people call it all maternal or conjugal affection, and think it pretty to say so. No, no, let each person tell the truth from their own experience. They really don't have sympathy. The speaker, the writer means women. They really don't have sympathy or the ability to empathize because they are always judging everyone and everything as a product on a social value scale that relates to their own egos and bounces off of themselves. There is no capability for genuine feeling. This is what I've experienced with women there is no capability for genuine feeling for other humans or really in general, except when those feelings are for themselves and the other people are just proxies to bounce ideas off of. This is, this is like when we're trying to say, do you realize what Simone de Beauvoir said about women and feminism? <laughs> Her invention of feminism, which she's desperate for. Clavin brought up de Beauvoir and, and saying, you know, like Simone de Beauvoir, as we've established, wrote herself, you know, wrote an 800 page book to try to console herself that Sartre wouldn't marry her. Opposite world, we have women don't have really have sympathy or the ability to empathize because they are always judging everyone and everything is a product on a social value scale that relates to their own egos and bounces off of themselves. There's no capability for genuine feeling. Class, who do you think said that? It's a pretty, it's a. <laughs> The ironies, the ironies. Did you mm -hmm. see this post? Yeah, I did. Yeah. You want to tell yeah. them who said it? Mm -hmm. It's Florence. Florin oh my goodness! <laughs> the nurse, the one famous for nursing the young men in the war, the Crimean War, taking care of saying Florence Nightingale. Blunt as she is in this, saying women aren't capable of love. Mm -hmm. Whoa. I think I read this, but I don't, I can't remember, did I read this before or after we, we went to see the movie the first time? 
there is, I think there's some truth in what she's saying. Certainly the way in which women behave about feminism and patriarchy, right? They want to smash the patriarchy and take this status that they think simply exists to be taken. And, and what Nightingale says is, you know, this social value scale mm -hmm. that relates to their own egos and bounces off of themselves. They're always looking. And I certain we, I have to be guilty of this being woman, um, looking for the way in which whatever they're doing is about their own. And, and in Barbie, it's that, you know, mirror isn't a mirror, right? It's this, how are you mm -hmm. able yes. to see yourself? The, the whole point about the dolls and being like, whether they're oppressive or, or empowering to women is saying women are always judging like this in relation to each other in relation. It's like, and poor Ken is sitting there saying, I'm going to read a book about horses and look interesting. <laughs> um, I yes. am going to serve you and try to anticipate all of your wants and all of your, you know, difficulties and needs. And I want to have a house and a home with you. I mean, interesting, they don't have Ken saying, and I hoped we'd have a family together. <laughs> but, you know, I, yes. I I thought the house would be ours. How does it feel when you're not valued? And all of the women, I mean, I sort of eavesdrop on the women in the theater when I saw it on Saturday. You know, women will constantly say, oh, you know, they're finally hearing us. And you're going, are you listening to them at all? Mm-hmm. Okay, you activated too many thoughts at the same time. <laughs> it was Barbie's house. I've got cultural prejudices against the idea of men coming into a woman's house. I think it's a bad idea, but that's a different okay. stream. I think. Um, because I saw that as him wanting to come into a, an established female-dominated environment instead of saying, I'm going to establish my kingdom and I'm going to invite you into it. So, again, my uh, it, this is cultural prejudice, but uh, I didn't see that as romantic at all. I just thought, oh, my God, it's a trap run. <laughs> <laughs> for him. Not for, Barbie, him for, for him. For him. Yeah, this is a trap for you. Like, you're, you're clinging on to ah, mommy. Okay, interesting. Stop clinging on to mommy. You should be shit, you know, you should be getting your shit together and establishing a world that you can invite these Barbies into yourselves. It's this is this is I think the 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 key thing for me with the Kendom is that they're all satellites of women. These are boys. They haven't had a moment, you know why I'm saying this, that they haven't had a moment where they're em emancipated from the hearth mm. of the home to go out and to know themselves. It was probably the only thing that Barbie said, which I think was, um, you know, kind of kind in this situation when she said, you know, you need to know who you are without me. That's true. It's absolutely true. Because to be patriarchy, which is to be father, men have to know who they are in order to be able to lead their family, in order to be able to raise their children. So I was like, uh, he's asking her, I thought this was going to be our house. Why? <laughs> you know, it's like moving into a sorority and saying, oh, I always thought that I would be able to join the sorority. No, dude, you've got to go out and do your own thing right. first. So there's that point. The second thing is um, nurses are not like normal women. So in the old days, pre-profession, I mean, Florence, Florence Nightingale. She's the most professional woman there was in, in, in the, I mean, she creates that. 
as a yeah she created that as a profession but uh prior to her creating that as a profession it was uh um you know she kind of took on a um a kind of an asceticism really i mean she couldn't have a, a family life and do what she was doing in a normal way so there's a there's a perception difference there i don't think she's wrong though entirely in the sense of uh of women always looking for the how did she describe it the social um uh the social status factoring into the decisions. Well, you may you may have heard a little bitterness in my reading of it. I mean, I, the thing is, I think the, the the fundamental lie of feminism is what they're artic you know they're they're performing out in the Barbie world is that oh you know it's like when mm -hmm. the president says everybody turn to the Barbie next to you and say how wonderful you are. That's the thing that's hardest for women. It's it's incredibly hard. Oh yeah, the, no, the women don't it's do that. Incredibly no. hard for women not to sort themselves into pecking orders. The sisterhood is is uh, yeah. you know be nice if it be nice if any it, what, how do, how do they say about Western civilization <laughs> be nice if it were actually tried yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. very hard because we are in competition yeah. with each other and uh, you know I I I think I've I've done some blog posts and it's like yesterday was the feast of the Assumption and I thought about Mary a lot as why women need Mary it's because without like you know the mother of God as your focus yeah. it's incredibly difficult for women not to end up in bitchiness about each other and i know it's like if you're honest with yourself you have been there at some point either being the mm. not you personally but women ladies uh you know that, <laughs> and, and the thing is i mean i'll watch my well hmm I know I have to watch myself for what kinds of things I'm bitchy about because that's clearly the thing where I'm being my Barbie self. It's like, well, that's Mike. I get to be that Barbie, right? And you're not going to compete with my Barbie. If I'm going to be Professor Barbie, you better not be over here, uh, name for female dog, or you know, I'm going to cut you, right? And the, the 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 sort of massive sort of fiction of the Barbie world is they each get to have their own distinct Barbie ness that they're never going to feel competitive over that is not actually what happens no no i mean it's better when it does when women can be have clear roles and then we do feel happier mm -hmm. but they're gonna you're gonna bump up against each other and we need better practice at figuring that out rather than just saying oh yes if it were only women we'd all get along and there'd be no wars no actually in the barbie movie they start the war between the men so i thought that was actually accurate <laughs> yes yes that was another okay so go back to um, being feeling sorry for the men that, that they, okay so says, I'm no gonna sing i'm gonna play guitar at you and then and then you end up with the whole of the campfire and they're all singing it and the women trigger all of them by making them jealous now that seemed to yes. me to be pretty low on the barbies part but maybe you have a different reading of that as what the do we I feel just sorry have, for the kids or not in that situation? No, I just have a completely different like understanding of this because I was looking at little boys that were playing at being men and thinking, okay, so like this is fine because as long as I have a beer, like a fridge full of beers, I'm a man. But they, they it, the the irony of this is that Ken did not assume the ultimate responsibility over Barbie. He left her to go into the black van. I couldn't get over it. 
We were liking You're... Ken last week. We don't like we, do no. we di- like or dislike him. We still like Gosling, right? Because I love hope. no, I love Ken. <laughs> I love Ken. But okay, I was, you love Ken. I love Ken, but I, think I still love is... Barbie too. I mean, I think it's like Barbie is actually trying to be the the leader, beautiful woman that makes all the other women around her happy, which I I do credit. Yes. 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 She is trying to be Virgin Mary Barbie, ironically. <laughs> Um, uh, my, my train of thought went, where am I? Where okay. are we? Well, okay. So where are we with so, the men? The, the, the thing is, I, you've said this and I, you, I realized that you were absolutely right about this. Ken never assumes any responsibility for anything. He and, never there was, and there was a particular way that you said when we were talking about it, that he, the thing that he never actually does just. Oh yeah. I've said it. How many times have I said it since we saw this film first? <laughs> over and over and over. He Simple. never actually asks Barbie out. <laughs> he never once walks up to her and says, hey, you stupid bimbo, I like you. Can I take you to the beach to sing to you? And this is a really interesting dynamic, right, where they're all on the beach and they're all having their romantic dates. They're all together. Right. He never once takes Barbie away from girls' night and says, no, I want time with you. Don't go there. Right. He's constantly orbiting her instead of inviting her to orbit him. And this is the massive failure of the kingdom. The bitterness over the, the lack of romantic attention, the envy of the fact that the women are all in positions of power and authority and dominance over the kins, the, um, the failure for them all to realize exactly why uh barbie wasn't in love with him it's lit- this is the dynamic i was seeing in the film it's the millennial problem mm. it's that the men the kingdom have not actually realized that in order to woo her they need to be making the moves ken doesn't ask her out he doesn't tell her i want us to have our own house one day there's no don't have night with the girls tomorrow i'm going to come and pick you up it's girls night every night and right. he just walks away passively so the entire movie has set everybody up to have this weird cathartic kind of empathy and false, what I would call a false sympathy for Ken when he has his catharsis and he has his breakdown and say, oh, you're a canuff. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm thinking about if I had a son and I was there watching this film with him and we left the cinema and I was talking about the movie with him, I would say this to him. They have set all these boys up for failure. Right. The box is free empathy from mummy. You're only going to get that from your mama. Everyone else is going to expect you to know how to swim. you got to know how to do things that are more than beach, you know. But they haven't done this. They haven't actually said this. And I think this is because there's a nervousness around it in that California culture where once we open that box, then we have to have some conversations about confidence and capacity and then it's back in Legoland. Oh, no. It's, it's, it's ironic mean? that Will we Ferrell was in Legoland up. too as the, the, uh, you know, the dad who controls everything. Yeah. You know, definitely. But you know what I mean? Yes. No, it's like, well, uh, there's you no can't men just in the movie. There's, 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 there's no men. There are no men in this film. There's no men in this movie at all, which is to say mm. why then the men like Clavin and, and maybe Shapiro were reacting to it in the way that they were, just saying this is, yeah. I, I, again, it, it's the girls playing with the dolls throughout. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, and because women, well, because women cannot have that masculine uh, development, right? 
they can't empathize with it. <laughs> she doesn't know what it means for Ken to realize the light bulbs go off and go, oh, okay, now what do I do? The film cuts at Ken just waving with mm -hmm, Kenuff. Mm -hmm. Because that's what a woman would want. A woman would want to be told, you're enough. Well, this, enough. this being the irony anything. throughout all of it is, and and this, you know, saying, this is why I say that the, the feminism patriarchy thing is 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 fundamentally fallacious. That I, based on my observation of men and seeming to things that do seem to make them happy when they're doing them, they like being skilled at stuff. We've talked about yes. that before. That they 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 yes. like actually, yes. and and they will obsessively practice stuff. I I see them in the park, you know, where <laughs> the dog and I go and. There's a little skateboard <laughs> set up with jumps and mm -hmm. things like that. It's mainly guys. Yeah. And they will over and over and over and over and over. I'm dying of boredom. And, and the thing is women will practice mm -hmm. we will practice certain things, but not with that and and, and obviously the you know no, the true hierarchy yeah. that men practice being in is competitive. Right, it has to be competitive yes. because they're tra they're pushing each other. There is also in in the park, um, you know, baseball camp and stuff like. These are all guys. They're guys doing all of this skilled training, and that's in my yes. woman's observation of men over the course of my life. The thing that they seem to truly enjoy. Women want to be reassured that they're good enough to be yeah. doing it at all. And, and and therefore the joke and when when Ken and, and Barbie first get arrested and I saw a nice a funny um, meme about it. She you know girls when they get ninety nine out of a hundred on a test and she's all depressed and you know boys when they barely yeah. pass. I've known men that are not like that right, but that they're actually mm -hmm. quite upset too about the the ninety nine out of a hundred. But the the you know women and I acknowledge this of myself constantly worrying about am i okay and you know the horrible irony yeah. as as gloria does end up saying in that long-winded speech she gives is it's never enough right but it's not the men doing that to you it's mm -hmm. not the patriarchy that you're having to snap out of it's your own frustrations as a woman not I, I yeah ironically not being satisfied with the skills that you do have because somehow they're never in fact enough well no but that's navigating female relationships so i did and this i think there, there was sort of the depth in this is possibly we're not vox has said this a lot like women aren't good at being alone that's why we end up with the jokes about the cat ladies. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, that no matter how, you know, we can be very, very skilled at things, but we don't, what is it? What's the not enough? And you're right. Giving Ken that sweatshirt and saying he's enough. He was feminizing him. Yeah. They just cut his, they just cut it. They clipped him. Yeah. He, he went from being a stallion to a, to a gelding. Mm -hmm. They cut <laughs> Because that's what they do. I was having a chat with a, one of our friends in the DCR team not long ago, talking about horses and what they do with um, with horses to make them easier to train and to manage. And stallions are, are not clipped at all. 
Um, we're talking about geldings, are we? Geldings, yeah. Well, they have to have uh, some of their organs removed, and then uh, they're easier to break in, and they're easier to ride and train, or whatever. And then there's this other thing, which is uh, what is it? Proud cut. That's mm. it. Um, and the proud cuts are like half stallion, half gelding, or whatever. But you know, there's this kind of category of horse. Ken had his. He just he just got cut. He got cut. He got told he was enough, and he could cry, and it was great. No, and it was a failure. Uh, not of Ken, but it was a failure of the, you know, the, the girls playing with the dolls to understand that this is actually damaging the boys to be told this is this is going to make them fine. They were, he was feminized. He wasn't brought out into the real world to learn how to do any of the things that were uh, making him so excited in the first place. And I think that's probably because women don't understand that that's part of uh, the, you know, men being joyful is them obsessively doing the same thing 500, 600 times right. in a row. Women think it's weird. Well, in uh, fact, the men, the men, I mean, that the, it's it's funny in the movie having the men, the Kins have their beach fight, right? Yes. That, in my observation, is what boys default to at birthday parties. <laughs> <laughs> stack of plastic swords and everybody's happy there's two teams yes, and yes. everybody's running around fighting each other yeah yeah just default like, yeah yeah they want to fight yeah. it's not even it doesn't even necessarily have to be a genuine aggression they just want to fight ironically it's called sports and and, yeah. and and so yeah. the I mean the problem the problem is like women wanting to be in in all the, the I I did a a blog post about this some time ago called boys with tits <clears throat> and it's not what you think it's about oh yeah. it's about Title Nine <laughs> it's about Title Nine and the 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 sports that women were most like that were the most funded women's sports under Title Nine were all men's games. Right, they're basketball and mm -hmm. soccer, and I don't know. Some, I I can't remember what they track and field and such. And what Title Nine in in fact enabled women to try to do was become men. It's like you're going to mm -hmm. play men's sports, and the more women's sports we have, the more you know masculine. Well, one, we're not as we're not as physically skilled in certain ways i mean women the women there are women's sports that they're really really good at that they can do different things that men don't although like gymnastics you don't get to do that much once you're like more than 16 or 17 unless <laughs> or 13 in yeah, Russia like, unless you arrest your development <laughs> in you know um, chemical ways um so mm -hmm. that women have been being told they need to be men to be valuable for generations now and the men are yes. being told you can't be men or we mommy you punish you we're so mixed up yeah we're very mixed up but that's why i didn't want ken to go into barbie's house that's mm. why i was happy she rejected him because i thought good now you have an opportunity to actually live your own life and build, build your own house and maybe go build your own house man like you came out into the real world and you saw the men on the construction site and you were shocked because everything was the opposite here, you know? And he's, he's like, oh, wow, men do things? So if you're impressed by men doing things, go do things. That was what I thought was really, uh, yeah, I thought it was a really um, 
subtle psychological temptation for all of the women in that theater to then look at Ken uh, at the end of that film and say, oh, we feel so sorry for him. Um, I felt sorry for him, but not for the same reason. You know, it wasn't because he didn't get Barbie. It was just because the 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 women playing with him had said, you're enough. You don't have to realize any of your dreams that you found in the real world. You don't have to get a men extender yeah. and learn how to ride a horse or learn how to surf so you can be a lifeguard or it's fine. You can just cry and wear a tie-dye t-shirt. It's horrible. That's the castration of millennial men. Because these women are mothering the boys that are supposed to be grown enough to have their own children. My generation mother their boyfriends and their husbands, like Gloria mothers her husband. It's so disgusting. I've seen it for like forever. And like, if you have a cultural prejudice against this, God help you because you're a weird Barbie then, because you can see the dynamics about what the Barbies are doing. And the other women don't want to hear it. Why are you mothering your uh, your romantic partner? This is gross. Let him be the man. Let him lead. So here's the other problem too. It's because the Kens don't realize this. They're, this has all been hyper-normalized in Barbie land. Kens aren't leading. Ken didn't lead. He was waiting for Barbie to make a move or to say something, or he was waiting uh, without risking the like the the final heartbreak you know he didn't want to take a risk so at the end it's sort of left for both of them to go off in their own way it just uh still it was quite a poignant um depiction of what it is to be a millennial or a zennial uh everybody's sitting around twiddling their thumbs wondering when things are going to change instead of actually being the ones to change them men complaining that women are running everything and then not saying, okay, well, I'll run this, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I'm going to run the relationship dynamics. I'm going to be the one that says, hey, Barbie, come to the beach with me tomorrow. It's not girls' night tomorrow, you know? Uh, stop doing it. Just stop. Don't go to the disco. Don't don't go to the, the coordinated dances because, uh, you know, uh, he, he followed her into the real world and then uh, it, this is the thing that, that kind of two-path two uh, experience with the narrative of the movie. He followed her and and still was thinking everything that he was going to do in Kendom was for her, not for himself. I found that really interesting. So... Yeah, it was a dissatisfying ending for Ken. I didn't like it. And it was very typically millennial. The women who made this film have depicted perfectly what has happened to the men of of that generation. Perfectly. They don't, you know, even in the symbol of it, the horse, right? The horseshoe. It's it's magnificently done. Mm. So... The young man that I talked to about it said it he was he was unsatisfied with all, all of the character arcs and said they all basically end up in therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that it was it was a kind of I, I can't remember exactly how you phrased it, it was it, like it's a therapeutic solipsism that that mm-hmm. in fact all they well, all but... they end up in is feel. 
which is yeah. is yeah. what you know it's like oh he gets to have his feels and he cries and as you say he cries and then it's okay right you fit you felt it and yeah. that what barbie is given you know the sort of great break moment when ruth is saying well you have to make a choice and she's like just feel I mean, w- one of the things you said last week was, well, she, you know, she has to allow herself to feel, but then when I'm talking to this, he's in his twenties, right? Um, saying, yeah, that's, that that's all it is, right? There's no, as you're saying, no skills, no knowledge, no transformation, but it's mm-hmm. just feel. And the therapy yes. is in feeling stuff. And, and that now I can't read, there was something else he was saying how, it, that she's she's not in fact well I, the thing is in this in the things that she feels it seems to be about growing up and it's a kind of it's a weird montage that they chose because i didn't like who it's supposed to apply to and who is actually feeling what mm-hmm. but you know that women feel it's it's all about yes you know just feel yourself as you know oh you can be sorrowful and you can be joyful and happy but it's mainly I don't know. It's it was messy and and confused. The irony of all of this when I was watching New Rock Stars, the the one that I said had the he had the interesting insight about which part of it was was it um, Eric Voss's. It's interrupted in the YouTube by his giving a infomercial for a therapy app. <laughs> it's too good, right? You're listening to him analyze this yeah. movie, and then you get him for like minutes talking about this therapy yeah. app where you can click on and choose your therapist and pick your schedule. And if you don't like that therapist, you can talk to another therapist. And I'm like, whoa, this yep. is it. Yep. It is yep. therapy culture. That's it. And then yep. I understood that, oh gosh, I don't get to like the movie so much anymore. Because that is where it, it lands. You're you're simply in this, oh, yes, feel. I wanted you to be able to feel. Being human means feeling. And th- there's, there's no, um, ad- you know, adulting. <laughs> there's there's, there's yeah, nothing yeah. adult in any of this going to the gynecologist okay so now you're physical and you have emotions but the like hard choices stuff is not there no no at least they i think at least they prepped barbie for the potential of having a hard choice because if she's going to the gynecologist it's sort of like a hint somewhere that there might be a fertility in the Mm. future um which is at least there's that. But for the Kens, it was just feeling. It was literally like a, um, a putting putting Kendom on the level of you can you can get therapy and work all of this out, yep. wasn't it? Yeah. 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 You don't have to get skills. You don't have to learn how to do things. All your misery and your anger at not having this romantic relationship with this person is—it's—it's uh, it's for them to work out. It's not for you to work out. 
It's not based on your choices. It's all based on her choices. This is the thing that was weird because we've talked about this in previous streams, why Galadriel and Armour was mm. so annoying you know, as a character. She doesn't have any choice. She doesn't have to make a difficult choice because female characters never have to make a difficult choice when they're turned into these like feminist superhero um, uh, pseudo-saints. But m male characters have to make difficult choices all the time. It's part of the character development. So what happened in this film with Ken was unusual because he had the he had a great setup to suddenly need to you know a great setup to suddenly needing to make very difficult decisions rescue Barbie but he didn't. yeah from he had to rescue yes. Barbie that was his opportunity to show her that he loved her he should have he should have gone after the black car that just pushed her in but he let her go yeah. So and Gloria goes after it's them. Like Gloria does go after it. The mums go after yep. her. Now that Here could be the so. There, the depth there is obviously you know wishing the the millennial women wishing their mothers had stood up for them. Maybe yes. Possible. I mean, so we say more is clearly everything that went into this movie is bubbling up. <laughs> And coming out, yes. nothing's hidden, and yes. and all of the frustrations of we wanted to be moms, we wish our moms had been there for us. That's pretty. I mean, yeah, I could, I can definitely see that as a mm -hmm. anguish that the movie is expressing. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, but it's also interesting that it was glossed over that he left her. She doesn't even say anything, right? Why didn't you help me? Because she doesn't, ex Why didn't she you doesn't expect me? it. She doesn't expect But that, I mean, the, in the, the yes. sort of cartoon version, it's like these, this, it, it does. And I think what you've yes. been saying, it helps to remember these are women playing with the dolls. Yes. Yes. All of it. Yes. It's all women playing with dolls. And so insofar as we learn yes. from the story, it's showing us what not i mean it's like it's, it's like the, what women want is not in the toy version of things that's the cartoon version of what little girls think being grown up means i get to be president mm -hmm. i get to be an astronaut i get to be this and you know mm -hmm. and the, the as a moderately accomplished woman um it takes a lot of work right and it's it's funny seeing the woman the, the you are talking to a doctor right my mother is a doctor she's older than i am guys so yes i and you know was one of 10 women in her graduating class from 1964 of medical school. Yes, mm -hmm. I get it, right? It's like the, being doctors and training at that professional level takes a lot of work on all sides for both men and women. But the Barbies don't have to do that, right? They're just dressed as president mm -hmm. or Nobel Prize winner or, you know, like we get all these things. And it's it, but it's like little kids imagining what it, it would be. I'd like to be a movie star. Yeah. Yeah, there's no there's no effort required. There's also no competition because it's a girl's version of being in the no workforce. Competition. No one's competing to steal your job. Nobody's insulting you. Everyone loves what you're right. doing. There's no competition. Nobody else is going to take your job. This is literally girls playing with the dolls. This is the girls playing with the Legos. Feminine version of the workforce. Nobody's going to try to take Absolutely your job. Absolutely unrealistic. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to try and take your job. Oh, sorry, that's, I'm, that's I'm, yours. I'm, I'm, I'm like dying. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but, but it's president barbie right. so we've already got president barbie we don't need another right. one she's the only one there's you not gonna right? be an election for that you know she has nothing yeah. to compete against another woman and of course 
when women do have to compete yeah. under those circumstances, they find it hard, I think, to be graceful. <clears throat> Mrs. Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> when they lose. <laughs> I, I I can I can I can think maybe she's not really happy with that. Good game. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. No, anyway, so yeah, it's it's a girl's it's a well, girl's it's, version of what adult society looks like, and yes. and unfortunately, Gloria and gives it back to them as like this is the reality yes. of it is this this toy version of why it's contradictory rather than it's contradictory because you know, you're in a multiplicity of other people's choices as well. Yes. And your own abilities. Yes. Yes. And you see the insight into her perception of male competition. Right. Because there's, there's a, there's a con constant comp competition over what it's over Barbie. It's never about, I want to be the lifeguard or I want to be the doctor or I want to be pre president. It's like the, in the little girl's vision of the world, I can be anything and boys compete. What do they do? They fight a lot because this is what you would see as a little girl when you're going to those birthday parties. What do the boys do when they're all hanging out together? Oh, they fight. Right. So we have to break yeah. up fights because mommy has to break up fights all the time, but they don't compete for the roles they're competing for my attention. So it's like, it's a very interesting insight there into how Kens are feminized. Mm -hmm. The whole dynamic of the Kendom is a feminine, like female version of what uh, the reality of being a man looks like. Because they can't go into the headspace. She hasn't gone into the headspace of her husband. Right. She's in her own head. Yeah. The Kens are in her head. That's why it wasn't satisfying. And it's why I didn't feel sorry for Ken. Because I could tell, I knew that this was a, you're mothering him. You're not Ken. This isn't Ken. This is your version of what would be good for this person. You know, he doesn't get his opportunity to like strike out on his own and do his own thing. He's just boxed in that tie-dyed jumper that says Ken Nuff. Mm. Frustrated me, really frustrated me. I wanted to see him on a horse or building something or, um, you know, realizing some part of himself. Uh, and it wasn't there. He was just said, he was just told to cry and everything is going to be fine. Therapy. Therapy, yeah. Yeah. That's the millennial answer to everything. And see, feeding this into this like resentment of millennial men when they realize that actually they've been raised into they've been raised in a culture where it's like okay we're going to orbit the women because i've seen it i know the dynamics like i grew up with very very you know very liberal a very liberal culture i've seen the dynamics of the millennials the guys that just orbit these like all powerful female rulers mm. and whatever and um so there's a feeling there that it's being tapped into with the film but it's a massive trap that 
everyone can tap into that feeling all at once in this kind of uh, group therapy session yeah. and then say, oh, we have to empathize with Ken, which means, yeah, we're going to feel sorry for him instead of empathizing with him and saying, no, they did you dirty. You should have gone into the real world. That was my perspective of the of the Ken arc. So the other thing that Voss said after he finished with the therapy part was uh, I thought something very perceptive about the plot structure. Um, mm. And he he apparently so this is the new rock stars guy, um, and he um, he said he has this theory that all American movies are either. Citizen Kane or The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and I think he's made, yeah, I think he has a point <laughs> about some of the things that he noticed about Barbie. It's The Wizard of Oz, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, the pink road that she has to take to go out of Barbie land, right? It's like she's going to go along yeah. the pink road and, you know, end up, I, I suppose the skating is kind of like dancing along that road once they, they get out. Uh, it, it does make sense of things like, and, and these were some of the things he said were not I, I'm, I'm riffing off of his his um wizard of oz insight for example that they have to go they end up going to century city which the whole point about wizard of oz is they have to go to you know the emerald city which because mm. i i know that frank baum when he um he wrote the story after he visited ooh the chicago uh, exposition in 1893 the, the world's fair and I, one mm -hmm. of the I'm not I'm not sure whether this is legend or not, but that the World's Fair was known as the White City because, according to the book about it, the Devil in White City, they they didn't have time to paint it all in the way that they meant to because they'd gotten in squabbles about building the whole thing, and so when they put the fair buildings up, they only had time to white paint them, and so they made it like virtue of oh yeah we meant it to be white. Um, but I, I think they, at the fair, they may have given people like colored glasses to look through. So the mm -hmm. whole point in the Wizard of Oz, the Emerald City isn't actually Emerald. It's you have to put the glasses on, you know, to, to mm -hmm. keep you from being blinded by the green. No, the glasses were green so that you thought the city was it was like all fake. So, you know, mm -hmm. Ken go, when they go to Century City and Ken has seen the patriarchy, he's actually in Oz and there then the Mattel ceo is the wizard of oz he's he, he's the mm -hmm. the chyster the trickster the you know pretend one in control i'm telling this to my husband he says yes. who's the wicked witch hold that thought because Voss didn't suggest a witch um but he did say who the good witch is and then i'm like oh right this is why i really hated that ending with ruth handler she's glinda Right. I'm like, yes, that makes total sense. We come Barbie. All you have to do is, and, and I thought maybe the, the shoes with the Burke, the pink Birkenstocks, that her feet are flat. Yeah. They're also, yes, you've got your Ruby slippers. You can go home now. Click, click, click. And she does go home because she's actually yes. Barbie. Right. So mm -hmm. that made sense to me that there's a, there's a, a wish fulfillment of a kind of okay then what what is kin in this situation and voss was he was sort of like well you know could be is he toto <laughs> <laughs> well, <wow. laughs> where did my dog go he finally fell asleep right? there, there are ways in which ken is dog-like right he's just yes he's, he's yes. a pet 
Yes. 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 It's the way you do. And, and I can feel this when I'm taking. Actually, I'm yes. Taking, you yes. Know, great. <laughs> boy, little boy dog, you're going to behave and you're going to come when I call you and I'm going to like give you treats and you can play and then we must come home and I go to work. Yes. Again, right? So there's there's a way in which Ken is, is, you know, as you've been saying, infantilized, but there's also a way in which he's a pet. Um, mm -hmm. He had the potential, I mean, in Wizard of Oz, right, Dorothy is accompanied by the other three characters who find themselves, which is heart, brain, and, and courage, right? Um, yes. Maybe. He sort of goes to Oz and comes back with the idea of patriarchy. So unrealized there. Because in fact, in, in the Wizard of Oz, they do get those attributes. And Ken just gets enough. Mm -hmm. Who's the Wicked Witch? I don't know. Well, the, the, no, and the thing is, my husband, I'm telling him this, and he's like, who's the Wicked Witch? And I'm like, know. oh my gosh. So there is a way in which, like, Barbie, when she's running through the, the cubicles, and the, they're like the flying monkeys, right? They're flying after her, so she's yes. trying to get away. I mean, I think there, you know, there's kind of only one option for who's the Wicked Witch. Mm-hmm. Say. It's Gloria. Aha. <gasps> that makes sense. I mean, I'm I'm just riffing off of of, of the inside here that I I mean they're, they're definitely American. So one that all stories are always constantly retelling other stories. That's just feature mm -hmm. of storytelling. That we are always finding meaning in the the stories that we make so we're not i'm not actually faulting barbie or gerwig as a writer for playing off of other stories i mean we're doing it in drink alchemicus you're always doing it yes. you're you're overlaying i mean and there's only two stories anyway right you go on a journey stranger comes to town or whatever um th there were ways that one of the one of the things I thought we were going to do in this episode was talk about the way Gerwig oh went to a Catholic girls' school <laughs> growing up, and mm -hmm. we'd say how much of what she's playing off of in all of this has to do with oh going to a Catholic girls' school. She has said in one of her interviews, and she apparently gave a, a poem to the cast that was modeled on the Apostles' Creed. There is something of a you know you're in. I don't know whether Barbie Land is meant to be Eden. I mean, there's a kind of sexless happiness of, of, yes. of the story and that, you know, the fall comes when she has to go through mortality and think about choices and such. I, I, Rewatching it, I was like, I'm, you know, I'm hard pressed to find the Christian, the Christian structure in this because I'm always looking for it and maybe it's there. <laughs> uh, well, if it is based on The Wizard of Oz, that would explain it because uh, Frank L. Baum was a theosophist. Ooh! let's go there yeah. yeah so there's confusion so, right it's not going to play out with the proper christian structure yes. because well well they don't have a concept of logos in the in a in a catholic sense say more the word become okay so that kid and holding uh, his read... box right now let's get him out of the box we're in the theosophy okay box. So, <laughs> the theosophy theosophy theosophical ken, theosophical ken. um <laughs> 
So, well, theosophy is, uh, you know, it's occultic and it's all about the ascension and, 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 and gaining the enlightenment and gaining the, the, the hidden knowledge of all of these religions, which has this, allegedly, this ancient superstructure, which reveals the, the real truth or the real, uh, the real wisdom of, of, of the ages. Right. This makes a lot of sense. So we've actually we got standing outside. Oh my god! Standing outside says you ladies have sold me on seeing this movie. Never would have considered it. Ah yes, but now we have like comes with warning. (laughs) Yeah 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 yeah. Theosophy. Theosophy may be the warning. We did we did watch brother augustine released a video this afternoon insisting that it's a christian movie but he mean he mainly means it's showing all of the disruption and sin in in modernity so okay oh <laughs> yeah yeah yes <laughs> um well i mean for the theos- for the theosophists they have their concept of godhood which is more aligned with the hinduist uh kind of conception of things in the sense of god has these em- impersonal but has emanations mm-hmm. The emanations of the deity are either closer or further away from Godhead, and then uh, you get the the manifestations of this deity and these various emanations of things like the incarnations and all the like, thousands and thousands of god gods and goddesses mm. and, and all of this madness. But there is no Trinity, so there is no God Logos becomes flesh and dwells amongst us. So it is an interesting thing. Now this is really really fascinating because if Gerwig has come. With this attempt to create this story based on the Wizard of Oz and then meld it with the dynamics of a Catholic education, we have two inc- like completely incompatible uh, frames for, for a narrative. Yes. Because the Theosophists are getting an internal enlightenment, whereas for Catholics, we get the grace, we get the, the revelatory God. Who gives us him as enlightenment now this explains why the movie would be confused because dorothy can't click her heels and then go home in our uh understanding and this would explain why ken has a catharsis instead of realizing his manhood he's not in he's not made in the image of anybody only barbie is because Barbie's been made in Ruth's imaginative picture of perfection. Right. So this is why I made you. You know, they're having this woman-to-woman discussion, but it's like creator and created. It's like I made you to be everything. I made you to be perfect. Ken has no maker in that sense. He's not the image of anything. So they can't work him out. Hmm. So that explains a lot. She has to have a theosophical realization at the end of that if they're anchoring it in Wizard of Oz. Well, she certainly it certainly follows that that's what you know. So Handler shows up in the in the movie in the same way Glinda does, and Glinda shows up in the middle of the movie yep. to point her to you know in the right direction. Right, you can run away that way, and then she shows up at the end somehow got having gotten to Barbie land with the rest of everybody and does the sort of mystical feel thing. And then Barbie finds herself. Mm-hmm. We, then we don't know, right. There's a transition out of, out of mist. Um, 
that that is what we know what Glenn, when Glinda comes back to Dorothy and says, you know, you could have gone home all along and all you needed, you know, you always had you just wanted you need to want it. Right. I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home. And now you can go home. Mm-hmm. So you have to want it. Mm. And yes, if I mean, obviously, the, the other people have pointed out the obvious things like 2001 and the Matrix. But this was Voss is the only one that I saw that said, OK, but it's there's the Wizard of Oz structure there. And that to me makes yeah. a deeper sense. I mean, certainly out of I mean, Wizard of Oz is a very Midwest story since it's focused on Chicago in in structure. But it is also a very um, Hollywood fantasy version of things right we're going to go to the city find the magic oh no we don't need to go to the city and find the magic because the magic's actually already in me in us i can go home now yes yes yeah theosophy huh i didn't know that about bombs that's that makes a lot of sense yeah Which, which is a, it's the easy fix, you know, that's the solution. It's in us, you know, there's this, uh, uh, interpretation of the, the divinity, Mm. uh, that is completely not Christian. If it's already there all, all along. In Barbie, well, of course, it's 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 going to be a, an unsatisfying end for Ken because this isn't how it works. That isn't actually the logos of of growing into adulthood right. at all. We're to be trained as Christians. We don't just want therapy and self realization. We need training and grace. Mm. They boxed Ken. We're going to have to find a romance that actually is Christian (laughs) to Mm -hmm. talk through. Yes. Which is challenging because as many, as we just pointed out, it's like Wizard of Oz is not a Christian story, but it's theosophical. Um, I'd say we've, I think the move, the the pictures are going to, Ruth Handler had in fact a a fairly romantic um, life story herself, but she wasn't Christian either. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what the, the, when Brother Augustine finished his, he imagined her, you know, reading Paul about, you know, he might, she might have said, when I was a child, I thought as a child and I grew up. And I'm like, well, she wouldn't have been reading that because she met her husband at a B'nai B'rith dance. And I think they were Jewish. So, <laughs> and they cast Perlman as Ruth Handler and Perlman's Jewish, yes. although she's married to, was married to Danny DeVito, who's Catholic. I think I think my guess is that there's a lot of conflicting stories playing out in all of this, which mm-hmm. is also interesting to consider, which is it's like we we've we've sort of touched occasionally on these layers of mythology, but I'm thinking maybe we're gonna have to do it a little more deeply. Um mm. what is a Christian story? Because I think sometimes people are assuming it's one thing and maybe it's a different thing and it doesn't have the structure that they expect. And if all of the stories that we've been living with in our movies, if, you know, the Wizard of Oz is theosophical and that's a sort of character arc that Americans have been dreaming through my mom's entire yes. lifetime. 
we need to see what those those actual story structures are and why they are not what we mean when we say you've been um, baptized and transformed and brought before the throne as a Christian. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So I'm convinced this is not there a Christian no, movie. There was no <laughs> there was no trans there, yeah there was no transformation for Ken. Right. There was no transformation for Barbie. It was just feeling. Right. There was no actual transformation for either of them. Do you think it was? Is, it wasn't is about there... how they related to other people. It was about how they related to themselves. Right. That's the therapist. Still that's looking the at themselves. Solipsism yeah. That yeah. The movie yeah. showing. Hmm. What were you going to say? Um, it, was there anything? So the what the thing that I did like, and you know, it's like you've been listening. You you said you were roller skating to the the soundtrack. Um, yeah. In the in the song that the Kins have, where um, they, they, I, uh, yeah, and, and, I love and, it. And the I caught, I caught a, a, a hint. Oh, so here on screen right now is Ruth Handler with one of her other very famous dolls, which were baby dolls. So. The, <laughs> <laughs> chatty kathy or something that's that mattel did make baby dolls still even though they were making barbies so just so you know um that there was something gosling or somebody said that the the ken song was was kind of a maybe a joke it wasn't meant to be actual like central feature mm. of anything and they made it as a trailer kind of i don't know maybe that's that, that's not true but there there was that the guys who were responding to all of this and saying yes we're you know we're back it's great the patriarchy whatever that means which doesn't exist mm. because as we've saying patriarchy is feminism imagine it's is a childish construct and it's not what men have to do to actually be adults um yeah is there anything that left in that song for us? No. no. <laughs> I, I I like it because it's fun, but it's still boy. It's it's toy it's boys toy complaining boys. and singing. It's toy boys. It's like you put it on and you're listening to toy boys. That's what it is. They're stuck in playtime instead of man time. So it's all Winnie because, the Pooh is because, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like this, uh, you know, uh, like she won't look at me and blah 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 blah. You know, it's just a, this kind of thing. Okay, but again, no self reflection on his part in the sense of like uh, the roles between the the Barbies in the Kens in Barbie Land and exactly why the di the dynamics are set up the way they're mm -hmm. set up. That it is the Mattel people that have set up those dynamics. And uh, just taking out the aggression on the Barbies and sort of like having a whinge, which is fine. But at the same time, there's no, uh, there's no moment where he decides to behave any different. It's, right. it's all emotional catharsis in the Ken song. He doesn't come to a, a, an epiphany where he makes a choice and changes anything. He's not in control of the narrative of this film. Despite claiming to want to be in patriarchy and to right. be in control of things, he actually makes no decision whatsoever except for setting up frat house circumstances with the other Kents. But there is no responsibility and there's no genuine uh, risk. There's no 
uh, demand for difficult decision making. None of it. N nothing that would allow them to function in the in the real world situations. So yeah, the song is, uh, I think, um, music therapy for millennial boys. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm sweating. Where's the kid with the uh, handkerchief in case, in case. <laughs> <laughs> I sound harsh, but you know, it's like, a that that's my perception as a, as a millennial, zennial, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, and I've seen the dynamics since I was very, very young. And I, I see this orbit and I don't like it. Because the, the thing that people have said so many times in the last couple of years on the internet is that women don't have agency, men have agency. This film does not depict men with agency. None of them have agency. None of the Kens demonstrate agency. And when Ken has his epiphany, he goes back into... Not having agency. Not having yep. agency. Mm. It's so dissatisfying. They did him dirty. Yeah, they really did. <laughs> so don't take him as the the prototype because <laughs> it's not, uh, this is not the solution for our culture. Western, whatever it is. The Kendom Saloon. The Kendom Saloon is... Uh, yeah. <laughs> he he took her house to make that saloon. You see, he's still taken. He took from her to make his thing. He ne never built anything for himself. We're really in trouble. If <laughs> yeah, yeah. He took her house and redecorated it and claimed that he'd created something. If you if you like go in savage with a knife, take away all the emotion of him not getting the kiss he mm -hmm. wants, what it actually looks like is bitterness and an inability to actually set up anything that he wants and an inability to be honest with Barbie about his feelings for her. It's not nice. Well, I'm pretty sure Gosling was saying the words Gerwig wrote for him, so <laughs> yeah. she wrote this. Yeah. Or she and her, yeah. her not husband wrote yeah. this. So it's a grand insight into the <laughs> the millennial woman's mentality. Ooh, cautionary tale. Mm. Yeah. But no way out. No, they didn't give anybody a way out. We're going to have to talk about some different movies. See if we can find any way out. In the stories now i do have i do have the problem that because we're in the anglo world and it's protestant so there are so few catholic actual catholic stories mm -hmm. <sighs> i guess we should have to write some <laughs> i want to be the meeting maker not the one about me no i we we need to write some stories that actually participate in the Christian story structures in a robust way. Yes. Yeah. Good, good thing we're yeah, doing definitely. that. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope, the thing is, I, I hope from our perspective, and this is a challenge for us now that we're basically an all-women writing team now with yes. Dark Alchemicus, can we 
write it in a way that actually does what we see isn't being done in in Barbie. Because mm. Barbie is, it's a Gerwig's realization of her desire to be the one behind the camera and directing everything and creating the story. And so she's put her yeah. herself in this as, I want this as my outcome but I, I i i think it's like it's a bit does she she gives barbie this like barbie wants to live in the real world which tends to suggest women actually do want to live in the real world we don't want to just be living in the toy world where mm. the men aren't men but then that last scene with the uh, ferrata's actual real life husband pretending not to be able to speak spanish i don't know but that is a very but that is a very american west thing it's uh like in terms of cinema in terms of the films that come out mm -hmm. of hollywood the men are always just being bumbling idiots really i mean this we, we did this when we did the Hayes code right. hustle when you, you you started your magnificent binge and then we realized all of the even the 1960s depictions of the the boys uh hollywood had created this um uh you know, idiotic stereotype of men. Right. This has been going on for a long time. It has. And the saloon, the, the saloon thing is, is interesting because it's like, it's only in Westerns allegedly that we have masculine characters. Yeah. Or yeah. do we, the horse part. Well, no, I don't, I mean, I don't think that there are, but I can't think of any examples now. <laughs> I, it's a, it's an interesting thing that the, um, the depiction of masculinity also wasn't in a relation to, it wasn't masculine, uh, in relation to like the relationships that Ken has. It was just like what he has, the fridge and the, uh, the horse pendants and the headband and the the coats you know it was all like a very commodity driven uh thing of, right I, if i buy these things or i own these things then i will be man had nothing to do with who he was i am kenuff as kick i am kenuff mm. yeah so it's a it's a complicated thing now are we i don't know it's a it's a day it's really hard to make comments on these kinds of stories because I every time you make a, a, a comment either way on the dynamics of these two characters you fall into there's like pits everywhere mm -hmm. and it's like either you know oh you hate the Barbies no oh you hate the Gens then no it's just that you uh if you can see this as a setup of like this is the the hellscape that the millennials have inherited <laughs> makes more sense but the solution isn't given in this movie right that's mm. that's that's definitely true i'm trying to wait for the yeah. pictures to cycle back around to when they had the puppies let me see if i could find them there's barbie and the, oh. the trojan horse there's boys after barely passing the exam there's oh yeah that one mm -hmm. of the one of the kins was this he-man character guy he gets to play the merman or the yeah right. yeah 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 let's see the barbie <laughs> movie is going to be the hot the hot people's joker which i'm thinking we're we're establishing that may not be the case steal his look 
Barbie and Ken faking their relationship since 1961. Yes, as we said, Ken was her brother in real life. Um, when you're Knuff, no. Weird Barbie, Alan. When your man dresses himself. The saloon, Mojo Dojo Casa House. I mean, this one, yeah, say, so there have been, so some younger men on, in, you know, the social media scene, Barbie movie, tries to subvert expectations by talking about feminism and women's empowerment. The men have the most memorable moments and best jokes. Ryan Gosling even has yes. the best song. Yeah, I'm thinking the patriarchy is back, bros. But it's not. And no, we didn't want the patriarchy anyway, because is Barbie home as the, the hamster, because Gosling wore a hamster costume once. That was hilarious. The Wes Anderson movies there the puppies where did i there the puppies are i'm gonna have to hold still on this um it was in this this was one of these little like promotional tour uh scenes and they're really the, robbie and gosling are sitting there on on this floor and they've got puppies frolicking about them and she's basically ignoring the dogs for the most part and he's starting he turns into dad mode briefly because the dogs start they're puppies. They're like eight weeks old. And the they yes. start wrestling with each other. I'll go back to the puppies. Let's go back to the puppies. Um, they, some of them start wrestling with each other. And he's like, oh, you got he's got to stop. You know, he's, he's kind of like trying to calm things down and stuff. There's got to be actual masculine responsibility taking somewhere hiding in all of these men. You mean hiding in the film no, or just in, in the real men, life? In <laughs> well, that's a choice. I, I refuse that's to believe that Gosling isn't somewhat conscious of this problem because he seems oh, yeah. to be conscious of it in the in the the this GQ thing mm. where he's talking to the the, yeah. the objects that Ken has to have, and I think that's a like a, a running thing that GQ does, right? So and so's mm. accessories. Um, but so it's not just he's Ken Ken doing it, but there is this sense of you know he he's he's able to say why Ken needs these things to be supportive of Barbie at all times. Men, yeah. please. It's it's nice to be attentive to your to your women, but don't fall in the trap. Anyway, we've run out of time, and I think we've said as much as we have to say now. Mm. Anything else? Um, I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I want to talk about Barbie again. <laughs> so no. we better wrap it up now. No, it it, it was mostly uh, a, a reflection on the night, Florence Nightingale comment in light mm. of the dynamics of this film because Nightingale is in a nursing capacity. Right. And I think that this is very maternal. And if you're in this kind of relationship with men only, and you're not being taken care of yourself, you start to see the world through that lens of mm. being the nurse, being the mother figure. Um, this is, I think, the kind of challenge for the generation now is that if you don't like the dynamics that you're living in, you have to change them. What has happened is everyone has normalized Barbies being maternal with the Kents. And mm. it's going to be very uncomfortable for both sexes to change that dynamic. It's going to look right brutal because we've got a generation of men that have grown up being mothered, like grown women that should be their wives, 
and we've got a generation of women that have grown up to mother the men that should be their husbands. Yep. So, yeah. What the... And and underline that the diff the difference the different ways in which women. I mean, every every you know drama about women that actually appeals to us and and like you know Jane Austen is as much about the women being difficult with each other as anything yes. else. Um, mm -hmm. that, that, you know, the women that Simone de Beauvoir, ladies, please don't take her, her as your model, um, did not have good relationships with other women. She handed them off to Sartre or he stole mm -hmm. them from her, um, for sexual activity. Um, that women, we actually also need better stories about how to behave as women. Yes. And this one isn't really giving it, giving it to us. Mm-mm. And ones that are, you know, honest about the kinds of competition we do get in with each other rather than candy covered pretense that we don't have it. Mm. Mm. Yes. <sighs> okay. There are going to be difficult stories to write. Yeah, I'm not sure we're actually, we're not writing it at this level in Draco Alchemicus. We're, we're doing a more societal spell casting. I guess mm. we'll have more stories to go after this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, well, Ken has his microphone. He's, 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 we've taken him through the mm -hmm. trauma and we're yeah. done therapy on Barbie yeah like and subscribe sign up for our newsletter uh we have more new books coming out and we'll be telling you about those in the newsletter and please give us your comments yes thank you for joining us <laughs> bye, bye, -bye. <laughs>